pray. Father God, your people are gathered here today to praise you, to adore you, to worship you. Lord, use us for your purpose. Speak through us. Change us in a way that when we go out of here, we can impact others and bring them closer to you. Lord, thank you for this time. You have allowed us, you have provided so that we can be in this house of worship. Bless everyone here today. And Lord, take away my thoughts and anything that could come from me and let your word be heard and use it in a way that will advance your glory and bring honor to you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. And thank you, uh, Madison, for leading so well. Thank you, Risa, for letting me use uh, your table. Appreciate that. So, um, got to look at my notes over here. Uh, last time I uh, stood in, uh, in front of a church, uh, Brandon was two years old. And so it's been a while. And so i uh, got my notes over here and uh, keep myself on track. I got it. Uh, keep looking at them. So um, I don't know about you, but for me, this week was full of trials, problems, and issues that, that could have kept me from being here today. But because God provided, God showed up, I am here today. And if, and if you also had some problems, if you, if you experienced anything that could have kept you from being here today, I would like for you to tell God how happy you are to be in the house of the Lord. Whether that... Whether that means you stand up, whether you clap, whether you yell. But when you come to the house of the Lord, you're coming to see your father. And I don't know about you, but when I see somebody I love, I get excited about it. I hug and I talk and I laugh. So uh, let the Lord know how you feel because you're here today. So welcome to the um, house of God. Uh, this is very special, like Madison said, because uh, this is the first time that my kids uh, are here. And I mean, they they hear every Sabbath, but I am here the first time, and so um, so it's special. But also because some, all of you are special. But among you, there are some people that are here because if I weren't here in front of you, then they wouldn't be here. So I'm talking about my older sister, Allison. Helen and my niece Ashley. So welcome, welcome to God's house. I also wanna welcome John and uh, Josh. They're here from Wisconsin, Michigan. There we go. So welcome, guys. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Well, some of you know who I am, but some of you don't. You're probably wondering, right? So my name is Edwin. Argeta, not Arjueta, not Arrieta, Argeta. And um, I am Madison and Brandon's dad, or otherwise known as Janelle's husband. So I tend to stay behind the scenes and 
support my kids in their ministry, their music, and um, so they're the ones that are up here more uh, than I am. So as you all know, English is my second language, right? So I'm just going to warn you that there might be some words that I might pronounce incorrectly. So if it comes to that, I'll just say them in Spanish. Is that okay? Yeah. Deal. Or as my little niece, Audrey, says, that's a deal. <laughs> All right. So um, all of us have unique things. We have uh, things that we call our favorite. So we have favorite colors. We have our favorite food. We have favorite places we go on vacation, maybe our favorite movie. And some of us have our favorite people that we like to hang out with more than others. But, but we also have something in common. And, and that is the subject of our conversation today, our favorite sin. We all have a favorite sin. So I don't know if you paid attention to, to the words of the songs we just, we just sung. They were powerful words. Let's see if I can remember some of them, but you turn what the enemy meant for evil, you turn it for good, we sang. I am gonna see a victory we sang. And what a friend we have in Jesus, we sang. So in those words, we express our trust and our full confidence that, that God can do a lot through us and that we give everything to him. So a long time ago, Jesus has a gathering of people um, around him. And, uh, and he's talking about our favorite sin. He's talking about worry. Our favorite sin is worry. And if you visited Israel, you can imagine one afternoon Jesus with you know, a lot of people gather around him preaching as he often taught through parables. So he's talking about worry and how, how that affects our daily lives in big ways. And at first, I, I didn't think much of it because it's normal for us to worry. We're we're humans. We are full of fear. But Jesus found it so important that he repeated it over and over. And in this Sermon of the Mount, as is known, he's talking to people about what it means to follow him with the right mindset, free of fear, free of worry, to release 
our lives in such a way to him that we can so that we can use 100% of us for his work. And so if Jesus found it so important that he talked about the subject of worry over and over and over, that's what you're going to hear me talk about today. And I hope that towards the end of the message, we will walk away with something new that we can use in our daily walk with God. It will make us better people of God. So uh, I'm going to uh, invite you to look and open your Bibles. We are going to uh, read a lot of verses, and that probably is not the most common thing to do over here, uh, but, uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot of verses, but they're important because, as I said, if God took the time to repeat this over and over, it's because it was, it was something important. And I think that we should pay attention to that as well. So Matthew chapter 20, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Jesus' words. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing look at the birds they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are can all your worries add a single moment to your life and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they, they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God first, above all else, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And those were Jesus' words. Corey Ten Boone wrote, Worry does not empty tomorrow of sorry. It empties today of strength. And that is very true. When we are worried, we are empty of strength, confidence, and something very important, trust. We are filled with worry. 
So we are, in a way, not present because we're divided. We are elsewhere. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, God says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. So God has a concern for us. And so, so even though we, we know that in his word, he said to give all of our concerns to him, we don't necessarily do that. We, we know that he is powerful. And as I was just saying a little while ago, we sang of all of these great things that he can do. But we keep some of those concerns. They nag us. They keep us from experiencing a strong spiritual walk. And that is not only harmful to us as believers, but also to everybody else who we come in contact with. There's a story of a, a busy mom somewhere in the East Coast. She had a lot of kids. One afternoon, she was coming from, from work, and as she went into the house, she, was, she, was, uh, she noticed that five of her youngest uh, children were huddled in the living room. Something was cut, had their attention. She was terrified to, as she got closer to come and see that they were playing with a bunch of baby skunks. So she panicked and she yelled, children, run. Each child grabbed the baby skunk and run. <laughs> How wrong. That, that is what we do to our daily worries. We we don't leave them there. We give some to God, but we pick them up and we carry them with us where we go. That's very wrong. Stinky worries. <laughs> so, what is worry and why is it wrong? So, you know that my son feels the cold for ministry. And I can't tell you how many Bibles that kid has filed in his bedroom. So, so I borrowed some of his material. He probably didn't notice that. But, and then I also uh, Google. How many of you use Google? I Googled this word with my googly eyes. And, and I wanted to know what... what uh, what definitions were out there? So the term worry, what caught my attention was the Greek uh, over here in this passage in Matthew 6, the term worry um, in Greek is merimau, merimau, which, which is made out of two words, merizo, meaning to divide, and nows, meaning the mind. So literally, worry means to divide the mind. To divide the mind. So when we are worried, our mind is divided between what we know we should be doing and what we're doing. 
So we get divided. Do you ever feel like that there, there are days that they come and go, and at the end of the day, you feel like you didn't accomplish anything? I do. This week was pretty exhausting for us, and Janelle and I work side by side, and sometimes we come to each other at the end of the day, it's like, the day is gone, and I, I just feel unproductive. I didn't get anything done. And that's what worry does. It empties you of the strength you need to carry on the day. Furthermore, it makes you weak. You're not concentrated. You're not present. You can't have a quality conversation because people are talking to you, but you're not paying attention. So oftentimes, people walk away. And what could have been a good opportunity for us to share something of value to somebody else, we wasted it because we were divided. And that's what worry does. That's why it's wrong. Because it divides us, it breaks us apart. It robs us. What's the absence of worry? Peace. Peace. The peace that only God can give. So, our days come and go because we are worried in our, our, our whether that is work, whether that is situations that, that we can control, whether that is people or real troubles that we're going through, and we're just fully occupied worrying and worrying and worrying about it and and so we go through our work day like that and as if that wasn't enough we go home and as soon as we pull into home at home when we should be greeting our loved ones happy that we made it home today worry is a cloud that is still in our minds and in our hearts and so once again we carry this like, like the baby skunks that stink. Who wants to be around them? It gives you a bad attitude. Did you know that? When you're worried, I mean, you go around with a bad attitude, negative about everything because you're worrying. You don't have the solution anyways. That is why worry is wrong. Because in reality also, what we tell God is that he isn't able to fix that which we're going through. And he's a powerful God. He can do anything. That's what we just sung. But worry, like God said there, is, is sin because you take God away in his power, what he could do in your life, because you doubt. You doubt him. You don't trust him. You, you tell him that you know he's powerful, but not for you, not for that situation that you're going through, or, you know, not even to, to change something within you that you're struggling. That is why worry is wrong and is a sin. Uh, Mark 4, 18 and 19 says, The seed 
Let's go back on that slide a little bit so I can read it. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. The lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. So Jesus over here is teaching using another parable. And over here, he's talking about the different types of soil. And when he gets to the part of the thorny soil, he, he calls the worries, the cares of this world. And how the seed doesn't take root and it doesn't produce fruit because it's choked it is killed that is what the word of God could do in our lives but, but our worries choke the word of God they don't let it grow. It doesn't take root. It doesn't become strong enough to make a difference in my life or in anybody else's life. God's word is choked. What is the antidote to worry? It's written in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Prayer releases us from worry. And he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about some things. Don't worry. Pray about some things. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. The problem is we don't pray. And when we pray, we're not there anyways. I'm talking about a real prayer. The type of prayer that when you can't fall asleep at night because you're tossing over and over and over, rather than keeping that worry Turn it to God. Get on your knees or however you feel comfortable praying and tell God that concern. Give it to him. Let him have it. You can't control it. I can't control other people. I cannot even control Madison, who's turning it 19, by the way, very soon. You can't control people. And yet, we take this worried like it's our duty to just Torture ourselves, our boss at work. Situations that keep us away from connecting with God, from letting Him work, from letting the Word of God take root in my heart and be a blessing to me and to other people. Prayer releases you from worry, but real prayer. Not superficial prayers. Prayers where you pour your heart to God. Where you open up, where you are vulnerable. You tell him everything. He already knows. You think God doesn't know what you're going through? He knows. He knows everything. He knows my thoughts. 
But he's waiting for me to submit to him, to surrender, to trust him, to bring him, to make him part of, of that struggle. I can't change that and I can't control that. But worry, that's divided. You know, sadly, many Christians, and, and, and I am one of them, I'm preaching to myself over here, we've mastered religion, but we are missing relationship. We have mastered religion and we're missing relationship. And our walk with God is just a routine, not because we feel it or we think it's necessary, but it's just something that my parents did. It's something that we do at home, maybe generational for us that are Adventists. You know, my parents and their parents were Adventists, so therefore that's what we do. My heart is never involved, and I'm missing the blessing of a relationship with God, a true relationship. You see, re religion doesn't involve heart. Relationship does. You put something on the line. You trust. You trust. Mark 3.25 says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. That house cannot stand. That's what worry does. It breaks us. It breaks us apart. So, this passage over here encourages us to begin experiencing a relationship with God. Stop practicing religion and start enjoying a relationship with God. He is a God of a relationship. He wants, he wants in on everything that you're going through. That's what we learned last week. He wants in on everything you're going through. He wants a relationship with us. So, what happens when trust is replaced by worry? Let's look at an example in the Bible about an individual that let worry take over and almost, almost didn't accomplish the mission that God had for him. Jonah, I'm talking about Jonah. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. And he says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord. Do you think Jonah ran away because he was trusting in God because he was confident in the calling that God had placed upon him. He ran away. He escaped because he was worried and therefore afraid. 
So, it's possible that you hear the calling and you get up, but you're heading the wrong direction. You don't go to where God called you to be. You don't show up to that appointment to be a minister to someone that you know needs you. You go in the wrong direction because you're afraid. That's what worry does. It fills your mind. It's like when my wife puts a glass of water there beside the table almost every night, and water is healthy. We're encouraged to drink water. It's healthy. Not soda, not Coca-Cola, or Sprite, right, Brandon? Water. But what do I tell her? I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'll drink it in a little bit. My stomach is full. I can't take it. When our mind and our heart is already filled with fear and worried what the Word of God could do to change me, it doesn't because it's occupied by something else. We need to be emptied of that so that the Word of God can come in and begin to work. Show up, little by little, small steps. We will be very strong spiritually. So here's the other part that worry does. It breaks, it, it breaks the, the relationship because in this case right here, and I think over here I'm going to move over to the next slide, how do you feel when people don't trust you? Because if, if you study this, this, this verses right here, when Jonah was called, he was worried, he didn't trust, he ran away. You notice that Satan, already had, he had it all planned out. He had a ship waiting for him, ready to go. So Jonah felt good about the solution that he had to his worry in the moment. The trouble came later. Where did he end up? Inside a fish. So we settle with the temporary feeling that we've got it under control, that we've got our, you know, we've got this. We don't let God in to, to, to control the situation. We've got it. The problem comes later. But in the process, we hurt other people. What, what happened, you know, how do you feel when, when people don't trust you? you? You start wondering, looking at yourself and second-guessing yourself, What's wrong with me? How come this relationship doesn't go anywhere? I, I can't seem to gain this person's trust. You, you second-guess yourself, and, 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 and you're hurt. God could have said to, Mose, to, to Jonah when he was in the, in the fish's stomach, right? God could have said to Jonah, find somebody else. You, uh, you didn't trust me. You, you know, find somebody else. You, you did not trust me, so now uh, you're just in trouble. You're calling upon me to get you out of the hole you're in, but you really don't trust me. And God doesn't hold a grudge. He doesn't hold resentment. He waits. He waits for us. For us to turn around, to complete the circle, to restore us. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, 
says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. He answered him. So, how many people came to Christ as a result of Jonah's completing his mission? The entire, the entire city was saved. The entire, the entire city was saved because he completed. He completed his mission. So you may not be called to save a city or High Point or Greensboro or Liberty or Siler City. But you're called to save someone. You're called to trust God and to be a witness to your brother, to your sister, to your parents, to your children. Answer the call. Worry is a sin and it separates us from God first, then from people. Worry is a sin that separates us from God first and then from people. So talk about a pandemic. You know, we hear, you know, COVID-19, how many people it's killed and every other sickness that is going around there and how they keep statistics and everything. But you don't hear, you don't hear in the news or in any other um, record-keeping system, oh, so-and-so died from worry. They, they, they died because they were worried. You don't, you don't hear that. But it is the beginning of everything else that comes. You first start worrying, and your health declines. Everything else comes after. So we could say that worry is a pandemic, especially to the believers. That is, that is what God said when he was teaching. He said, don't be like them. That's for the unbelievers. For you that hold the truth of God, you're better. You're better than that. I, I, um, some of you know that I come from a large family. I'm number 12 out of 13 kids. So that's a lot, right? <laughs> and growing up in Central America, was, uh, it, was, it was hard. It was a lot of work. No payment. A lot of work. And I can still remember my dad as he was talking to me and, and my brothers. You know, follow your assignment to completion. See it through the end. And to make a difference in life, you have to stand out. You have to act different, think different, respond different. That's, that's what the Word of God does for us. It separates us from average people. If it fills us with the Spirit of God so that we can be a blessing to others. So thank the Lord for His grace and mercy that He doesn't hold a grudge. He waits for us. He listens to us. Just like He listened to Jonah when he was in trouble, He answered him. We have so many things to worry about. And just before I get to that final slide, I've got to make... Uh, another point over here. There's a lot of things that are worrying us, right? The unemployment rate 
goes up, we worry about it. The interest rates go up and we are in the middle of a refinance, we worry about it. The gas prices go up, we worry about it. Our children are doing something we don't agree with and for whatever reason we can't seem to find resolution, we worry about it. Our neighbor that just moved in, we don't like him, we worry about it. Our church pastor is leading the church in a way that we don't like it, we worry about it. You see, you, you follow me here? We have a long list of worries. And we have a very short list of prayers. How wrong is that? Rather than taking it to God and reverse that. Today, reverse that. You know, let us grow our list of prayers for God and shorten our, li our list of, of, of worries. You know what Jesus told them in the Sermon of the Mountain? People of little faith. That's what he told them. In a way, you know, he said, you pathetic people. <laughs> you know, if you had this much faith, you would do so much. He, he didn't call back. He was, he repeated this over and over because that's what worry does. It, it, it plagues our mind and it's just, it diminished. That's who we are. That is why he gave these commands. So let's quickly go over them one more time. Jesus gave the same command four times. Matthew 6, 25. I say to you, do not worry. This is not a suggestion. It's a command. Right? Verse 28. Why worry? Verse 31. Do not worry then. In verse 34, do not worry. Do you think he wanted to make a point? We waste our time worrying about things that we can't do anything about anyways. We can't. I mean, we go around telling people, Man, I haven't seen you in a long time. I've been worried about you. Spreading the worry. What if, what if I told Isaac? You know who Isaac is? Isaac is the guy who does this with the guitar. <laughs> what if I haven't seen him in a while and I told him, Isaac, I haven't seen you in a long time. You look great. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for your family. I've been praying for that spiritual battle that you told me you had. I've been praying for your addiction. I've been praying for your anxiety. I've been praying even for things that you don't know about because God told me to pray about it because I have a relationship with God. I talk to God every day. He tells me to pray. My list of prayer is this big, and I'm not worried about you because I can't control that. I have given it to God. Lizzie Perez, I'm praying for you. That is what God wants his people to do. He said, don't be like them, the ones that have this big list of worry. 
you know, in the supermarkets now they sell this, of course, you know, right? The, the little plastic containers over there that you can put your pills, the ones you take Sunday. For Sunday, you take three pills. For Monday, you take five. Tuesday, you take 20. And you, and you, get, to, you get to the last day of the week with so many pills, you lose track. That's why they label them. They label them. What if we made it a habit that on Sunday, I pray for Ashley. Monday, I pray for Angela. Tuesday, I pray for Jim. Wednesday, I pray for Howard, for Alex, for uh, Gonzalez, for Matt. It's a lot to lead a church. Matt does it every, every day. Even when he's not preaching, he's still here. When was the last time that we prayed for them? You know, for the person that, that, that texted me on Tuesday and told me, I'm praying for you. I know you'll be speaking this weekend, and I'm praying for you that God will speak to you. You know who you are, and I know who you are, but God also knows who you are. God knows that you were praying for me, and it helped me. I'm here today because of that power of God. We need each other. This pandemic is dividing us. That's, that's the whole point. Divided. A house that is divided will not stand. And, you know, it begins at home. A family that is divided can't do anything for the church. We have to start at home. Trusting God. Worry means telling God, I don't trust you. You can't do it. I've got this. It's not easy to be here. I have a great respect for Matt. He does it every, every week. It, and it's not easy because what happens is when you want to do something for God, Satan shows up 10 times better. Everything goes wrong when you are getting ready to do something for God, Satan shows up on his A game. Everything goes wrong for you and everything goes right for him. But thank God that when we call him, he answers. He answers. This uh, worry subject was not a suggestion. It was a command. It was a strong command. He repeated it over and over. In verse 27, he said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The opposite, I would say, is true. We even worry about aging. Yeah. We worry about aging. And because we worry about aging, we can't sleep. Then we have baggy eyes, black over here stuff, and we're trying to buy medicine to make us young when the medicine is right there. All we have to do is release it to him. He made us. He created us in his image. You know, we're the only part of creation that he formed with his hands. Everything else, he spoke into existence. But us, he made us with his hands. Isn't that powerful? He, he made us. So, we have no business worrying about getting old. Getting old is a fact. Growing up is a choice. Growing up in Christ is a choice. 
Jason Lehman wrote a poem which I want to share with you. It begins like this. It was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted. The colorful leaves and the cool dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season. It was winter, but it was spring I wanted. The warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted. The freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted. To be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 I wanted. <laughs> the youth and the free spirit. I was retired, but it was middle age I wanted. The presence of mind without limitations. My life was over and I never got what I wanted. What a shame to live our lives like that. God gives us our lives one day at a time. Today's troubles are enough for today. We have no business worrying about what tomorrow will bring. We can't control what we don't know anyways. You know, I, I always pay attention traveling the few times that I do it. And at, at the airport, I notice, I notice the people that go in and out of the airport without waiting in line. The luggage, they just carry on, in and out. And there's other people like myself, or my wife, that, you know, carries a lot of luggage. Like she's going to stay there forever. And then we are, we sit through lines, and there we are, carrying more things that we have hands for. People even feel bad that, let me help you. I see that you're struggling. <laughs> Worries that we carry are, are like that. Baggage. We end up in baggage claim, wasting time right there out of our life, just waiting right there, sitting for the bag, fighting, trying to make my way so that I can get, oh, it's that one. And we're confused. We don't know which one is ours. That's what worry does. You know, we don't know which ones to pick. It's like, like, like uh, the nine pages. Yes, Matt, nine pages. <laughs> that I have here for these notes, I have a staple that is holding them together. But if, but if I if I lose them up, I, I won't know which where I am. I don't know which sheet to pick up from, and I'll be confused, and then I'll make a fool out of myself over here. That's you know, stay, trust. Trust holds me together. Trust in God holds me together. It holds my thoughts together, my words, my actions, so that when I when I talk to somebody, I can I can be a, a minister. I can be of value. Have you ever wondered when you go into a conversation and you walk away empty, what's in it for me? What value do we add to the people that we, that we meet in our county, encounter? People of little faith, that is what Jesus said. That is what Jesus said, people of little faith. So here's what God is telling you today. We're going to close here in a little bit. 
So here's what God is telling you today. Don't be robbed of a peaceful life because of all your worries and all your troubles. Put your trust in God and pray about everything. So what does that look like? Number one, start putting first things first. What does that mean? Well, for starters, tomorrow when I get up, as soon as I open my eyes, rather than reaching for the phone and open up Facebook and look at the history and or look at the, the, the posts in there, what's trending, or look at my calendar, the three or four things that are waiting for me that day, rather than opening in that, you know, just turn to God. Surrender your day. Tell him about the appointments you have. Are you going to see the doctor? Talk to God. Tell him, Lord, help me. You know, help the doctor that is going to see me today. Whatever diagnose, uh, uh, you know, they're telling me that I have, make it go away. Talk to him. Turn your worries to God before the day starts. Put first things first. He said, what did he say? Seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be fixed. Everything else will be given to you, but we have to seek him first. Number two, replace your worry with trust. God already knows what you're going through. He's powerful enough. He parted the Red Sea. He made the walls of Jericho come down. There are plenty of examples. He saved Daniel from being eaten by the lions. He used Esther to, to save her people and her country. Won't he do that for you? He cares for the little birds that, and, and the wildflowers that are here in the morning and in the evening, they're, they're gone. You're his creation. Won't he care for you? He's strong enough to handle you. Number three, pray and read God's word. You pray, and then you open the Bible. Even if it's just one verse. Even if it's just one verse. But you begin to release and to show that you're trusting God in your daily walk. And little by little, you're developing that spiritual muscle. And you're gaining strength. And then when worry comes, you quote the scripture. You say, no, I know my God is able. And he's got this. I don't have it. He's got it under control. Let it go, number four. Let it go. We can't, we can't control what we do not know. God can. And then number five. Keep praying. Don't just do it on Sunday. Remember the plastic container with the pills? What happens if you don't take those pills? You, you think you're getting sick. You're getting, you're getting weak physically. Take the pills. Take the spiritual pills. Take, take the daily dose, doses that God has for you. Read the word. Read the word. God said... God encourages us to read, to read his word because 
That's where they give testimony of him. That's what they said. That's what he said. So keep praying. Let it go. And the God that is telling you to let it go, he's got you. He's strong enough to catch you. Last weekend, we, uh, we hosted the, the young adults at our house. And um, there was a 50% chance of rain, they were calling, right? And um, they, they started to show up, and Janelle and I and everybody else that was volunteering there started to set up the tables, food, hot dogs, and everything. And, and we kept looking at our phones because the, the forecast was calling for 50% of rain. And, and you s quickly, you were aware that the 50% became 100%. Clouds, thunder lightning, right? And, and Janelle and I looked at each other. We're like, it, it's, it's not going to happen. But they started to show up in the environment. Everybody was happy. And, and it just started raining and, 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 and pouring. And, and we ran to the barn. And we said, take over, take shelter over there. Grab a chair, go over there. So we moved over to the barn. And, and, and there we are trying to continue with the worship. So we hang in there for about 30 minutes or so. And then we took a vote. And we said, looks like the rain has stopped. We can go out. So we went back to the fire and huddled around and kept going. And you know, the clouds didn't go away. It was still dark. It was still thunder lightning, but the rain had stopped. Our spiritual walk, especially after here today, if you go out of here and you are committed to change and to eliminate worry, it will not disappear right away. But the rain will stop. The rain of worry will stop. Keep praying. Keep praying. God will show up. The rain will stop. And you will become a strong child of God. Thank you. God bless you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you that you do not hold resentment. That despite my distrust in you in some situations, Lord, you answer me. You answer me all the time. Not sometimes. Not when you feel like it. Or not when my worries amount to something little or something big. You always answer. Because to you, I'm a big deal. You made me with your own two hands. I'm your creation. You've made me to your image. Father, may we walk out of here knowing that we can release to you not just some worries, but all, big and small. For you care for us. We want to trust you. We want to replace our worry with trust in you. We want to experience a relationship with you. We want to be a blessing to other people. So lead us this week into a stronger walk with you. May any word that could have come from me be forgotten. And may the power of your word continue to work in the hearts 
that listen today. For I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.